0: I'm Andrea Lekashoff, and welcome to On Point. Today we're gonna talk about leadership communications, specifically a white paper Broadreach just launched called Making and Breaking Reputations in a Time of Crisis. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, companies have been grappling with tough decisions and how to communicate them. How businesses and their leaders behave today will have long reaching consequences for their future reputations. Smart leaders today are taking a hard look at their public narrative and actively working to make sure it remains positive in the eyes of the people who matter most, their employees, their clients, and their partners. The white paper I'm about to discuss today provides 10 important best practices plus a bonus tip for business leaders to follow in communicating during this and frankly any crisis. The overarching theme across the entire list is for leaders to bring compassion and transparency to their approach and to put their people first. During this crisis and beyond, leaders and their companies' reputations will hinge on how they communicate. Today's world needs leaders who speak with empathy, who are not afraid to have tough conversations and to make mistakes, and who bring their humanity to everything they do. Leaders who can do that will emerge from this pandemic stronger than ever and poised to lead their businesses into the future with kindness and compassion. As mentioned, throughout the global COVID-19 pandemic, many companies are going through tough times and making very difficult decisions. Over the last few months, however, the way companies have handled those decisions and how they've communicated them has varied widely. Those varied approaches are going to leave lasting marks, for better or for worse, on the reputations of companies and their leaders. Communications has never been more important than it is right now. Over the last few months, reputations have been made and reputations have been broken. And as we start to emerge from this pandemic into a new normal as we have, it's not just the personal brands of leaders that will be affected by their actions during the crisis, Companies' very cultures will hinge on their leaders' approach to communication. Today, communication is leadership. And in the face of that reality, how can leaders make sure their reputations land on the positive side of the fence? Well, let me walk you through that. It starts with your narrative. The first step in strengthening your company's reputation during this crisis is to assess your current narrative. Your narrative is made up of two things. Number one, people's personal experience with you. So if you sell terrible food, there's nothing you can do to turn that into a positive narrative. If your service is slow, people will remember that. Number two, what people say to others. The difference between, I really like that bike shop, let's go there, and let's not go there, their staff isn't very welcoming, can mean the difference between a successful business and one that flounders. Everyone has a narrative, your business, your community, your family, even COVID-19, all of these have their own narratives. And everyone's narrative has positive and negative elements. The trick is to manage that conflict by feeding the positive and behaving appropriately in the face of inevitable negatives. However, a crisis can very quickly take charge of your narrative. During a crisis, the public is on high alert, watching carefully for who's behaving well and who's not. People crave stories of good guys and bad guys. If they brand you a good guy, you may be lucky enough to hold on to that reputation. But they also won't hesitate to put you into the bad guy column, and it can take many positives to overcome one single negative. A crisis on this scale makes it incredibly difficult to establish and maintain a positive narrative, but that's your job. Your job is to lead your company in a way that takes control of the narrative and demonstrates that the positive story of who you are is real. Making a tough decision doesn't make you a villain. What can make you a villain is choosing to communicate that tough decision without empathy, without transparency, hiding behind spin or staying silent altogether. By deliberately choosing to communicate the right way and showing your humanity in every interaction, you can keep negativity from dominating the conversation and steer your narrative towards the positive. So let's be clear, effective crisis communications is not about sending perfectly groomed and edited emails. It's about bringing your people and your stakeholders along on a mutual journey. It's about letting them know where things stand and where you expect them to be in 30, 60, 90 days. It's about admitting when you don't know something or when you've made a mistake. It's about checking in with your clients, your partners, your employees, and offering to help them professionally and also personally. Honesty, transparency, compassion, and empathy. These are what matter right now and what will determine your reputation for years to come. Communicating effectively in a crisis is indeed a careful balance, but it's not difficult and it's not magic. You have it in you to get this right. And with that, here are 10 things you can and should be doing right now to establish a positive narrative that will last long into the future. Number one, live your company values. Your company values, as you know, are your true north, so sticking to them is absolutely critical right now. Your employees need to see that your actions and communications are consistent with what you have said in the past. If your company values are constantly reinforced, modeled, and used to develop talent and evaluate performance, they become your competitive advantage. If you don't have a set of clearly articulated values, now's a great time to create one. Look to other companies for great examples. Try BroadReach's charter at brpr.ca or watch LinkedIn's CEO describe the power of his company's six core values on YouTube. And as Apple's CEO Tim Cook says, this is the time to truly act on your company's values, purpose and mission to deliver on customer needs and align to your brand. Your employees and customers will want to know what you stand for as a company and how your company is a good corporate citizen during this pandemic. Number two, bring humanity to your communications. Leaders need to start being real, worrying less about massaging the message and more about showing their true selves. Consider world leaders like New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern and St. Martin Prime Minister Silveria. They have embraced this approach and have been praised for their honesty and empathy and also for their capacity to build trust now is not the time to hide behind corporate speak spin or puffery be willing to have the tough conversations openly and honestly speak from the heart acknowledge how hard things are demonstrate empathy for your people and make sure they know how much you appreciate their efforts make your communications direct clear and brief and be truthful and speak from the heart. Imagine the long-term effect if instead of rolling their eyes and thinking, oh great, another company COVID update, your team started to say, wow, that was a really personal conversation I just had with my manager or wow, our CEO was incredibly real in today's virtual town hall. That would bring an incredible shift in connection and engagement to your culture. And don't be surprised if the conversation shifts dramatically as it did several months ago into the pandemic when protesters took to the streets in the US and around the world to demand an end to police brutality and racial inequality and be ready to shift with it. Stay on top of what's most important to your stakeholders and be willing to talk about difficult issues directly and from the heart. Of course actions speak louder than words, An executive team that protects its own salaries while cutting others will be seen as a self-serving and elitist group. And believe me, that reputation will stick. But leaders who take pay cuts along with their employees, or even before their employees, or who take bigger cuts than their employees, or who increase pay rates for frontline workers, given the risks they face, will generate tremendous loyalty. Get out and work alongside your people while leading the way in following public health guidelines for distancing and mask wearing. You need to show that you're personally invested in their health and well-being. Consider what actions you need to take because they're the right thing to do. And it's okay if you don't have all the answers to your team's questions. No one is expecting you to. An honest acknowledgement that you don't know something can give you tremendous respect. Number three act fast and avoid predictable missteps. In a crisis, your first foot forward sets the tone for everything to come. Customers and employees are very quick to form opinions, but if you act responsibly and quickly, any initial negativity can quickly fade into renewed loyalty. To do that, you need to be prepared, anticipate various types of crises, create and test a comprehensive crisis plan, draft statements in advance, and identify crisis team members and roles. We've seen clearly that a swift response works. New Zealand's Arden closed the country's borders and instituted lockdown measures earlier than most and quickly communicated the rules to citizens, enabling the country to declare itself COVID-free in early June. Your crisis communications plan should include a specific outline of basic behaviours that your entire team will follow. And while these might seem intuitive now, They may not be in the moment, so planning for them makes very good business sense. Number four, communicate transparently and don't sugarcoat. A crisis can test your relationship with all of your stakeholders, including your employees, your customers, your investors, your board members, and even the media, so communicate with them early and communicate with them often. In doing so, be calm, be confident, and empathetic in every interaction. Choose direct language that can't be misinterpreted. For example, rather than saying, these are challenging times as most people are saying, say specifically what is challenging, that you've experienced a certain percentage drop in revenue, that you've had to lay a certain number of people off, or that you've had to reduce salary or wages by a certain percentage across the company. Don't sugarcoat and don't hide from the truth. Given the diversity of stakeholders you need to communicate with, be sure to use a variety of channels to reach all of them. Consider having discussions in person, reaching out by email or phone, broadcasting on social media, or using webcast or video technology. Being visible across multiple platforms ensures that nobody is missed. Number five, do your best, admit your mistakes, and focus on what's most important. There is no COVID-19 communications handbook You won't always know what you're doing. Some of the communications you try will work out great, others won't, and that's okay. This is uncharted territory for all of us. Don't beat yourself up if something doesn't work, just try something else. Do the best you can with the information you have in the moment. Speak plainly in a way that's accessible to everyone, repeat your messages often, and apologize for being wrong when you need to. Canada's Chief Public Health Officer, Dr. Theresa Tam, is a great example of this. She does her best, and she doesn't offer certainty where there is none. She's made mistakes, she's admitted to them, she's corrected them, and she's moved on. Another great example to emulate is Dr. Bonnie Henry, BC's Provincial Health Officer. She's presented a sensible, flexible approach, even using humour appropriately and putting her emotions on plain display like everyone else our top doctors underestimated how the pandemic would unfold but they acknowledge that fact openly and honestly and change the course as needed number six prioritize your people's needs this is the perfect time for companies to rethink how they measure an employee's contributions just before an employee gets on a call with you they might need they might be doing math with their child or submitting an assignment to a teacher or even caring for a loved one, uh, or grocery shopping for a neighbour. All of this may mean that they have to work longer hours than before to get all of their own work done, and that they can't be in front of their computers every time you reach out to them. So it's important not to expect your employees to be at their desk from 9 to 5. Rather than assess employees based on the hours they put in, why not assess the value they deliver? the quality of their deliverables, or even the metrics they hit, maybe sales dollars, productivity rates, etc Let them know you care about the value they add rather than the time they spend in their chair and beyond family obligations, encourage employees to take time for themselves during the day. No company should be policing employees or expecting them to justify every break they take. In fact, the best leaders are telling their people to go out for walks, work out or just take the time they need to avoid burnout. Modeling that behavior yourself can go a long way too. Be open about the bike rides you take with your kids or the workouts you complete during the workday and talk about how they're helping you stay healthy, sane and productive. And as employees begin to return to work, provide protective equipment and put plans in place to keep people physically apart. Perhaps more important, consider whether they need to be back in the office at all are you compelling your people to come back to work even though they can easily work from home? Think about what that says about your company and what such actions could do to your long-term reputation. The CEO of e-commerce giant Shopify recently said, the era of office centricity is over. The company, along with others like Kobo, Google, Facebook, has decided to keep company offices closed for the rest of 2020 and allow most employees to permanently work from home after that if they choose to. Instead of mandating a path back to work, ask your employees for their input and be open to creating individual solutions based on individual needs. Number seven, listen and get personal. After so many weeks of communicating to employees, it's time for CEOs to listen. Don't assume you know what's on your people's minds or how they're feeling, ask them. As companies survey their employees and hold virtual coffee meetings with small groups, here's what some of them are finding. The idea of going back to work even in a few months is creating anxiety for many. Employees' biggest fears center on public transport, elevators, bathrooms, common areas and kitchens. People don't want to jeopardize their family's health to go to work. Others don't want their kids to go back to school and would prefer to homeschool them. Listen carefully to what your employees want their new normal to be like. Respect each employee's personal situation, their anxieties and their fears, and ask how you can help them feel comfortable and safe. Think carefully about how you can adapt to their needs and plan for a different future. Leaders who aren't used to having personal conversations with their teams will have to build that muscle. There's simply no other way anymore. Number eight, inspire your people through actions. Inspirational leadership comes from action. Look to leaders like Shopify CEO, who is clearly committed to the greater good well beyond his company. He is not waffled in making bold decisions like having employees work from home as we talked about uh, and giving people money to get themselves set up in a home office. He's also promoting Canada as a great place to work He hasn't waited for someone to tell him what to do. Through his commitment to real, substantive changes that make a tangible difference for people, he's taking bold action to define the future of his company. Consider how you can get into the trenches with your team. If your team is working outside their homes, make sure you do too. That's what leaders do. You set the tone for the business, and what you say and where you show up matters and your actions speak just as loud as your words. So put some thought into what actions you can take that will really benefit your employees and customers in this moment. Are you really demonstrating to the world that you're thinking about the future in a different way and that you're working to improve your company's culture? Everything you say and do today will be absolutely remembered tomorrow and long into the future. Number nine, don't proactively communicate with media unless it's related to the current situation. If you're making adjustments to your processes to help the current situation, if your product or company is helping fight the virus, protect communities or educate the public, then let the world know. MasterCard and Visa, for example, increase tap limits to help people shop securely with more peace of mind, and many food and furniture delivery companies are offering contactless delivery or curbside pickup those are the kinds of actions you should definitely be communicating but when the world is completely focused on major defining events any effort at self-promotion can come off as tone-deaf if you have nothing to say that's relevant to what's currently happening don't reach out to the media this is not the time to talk about your new facility or product the media they're all focused on bigger issues even sports and entertainment reporters have been redeployed in many cases Protect your reputation with members of the media by respecting their priorities. It's okay not to have news right now. The public is focused on critical world events at the moment too. Number 10, focus on mental and physical health, yours, your families, and your team's. This could really be the first tip on the list. Because without our health, none of the rest of it matters. There's been a lot of talk about wellness in the workplace in recent years, and this crisis takes that discussion to a whole new level. First of all, take care of yourself. Your own physical and emotional well-being needs to be your first priority because if you aren't doing well, you won't be able to help anyone else. Be vigilant about monitoring the health of your children and your other family members too, paying particular attention to everyone's mental health, which can be significantly impacted during this extended time of isolation. If you have questions or concerns, don't be afraid to seek professional help, perhaps through your company's employee assistance plan if one is available. Leaders don't traditionally play the role of health and wellness coach for their people, and you may feel a little out of your comfort zone in taking that on but right now it's expected and it's critical. Leaders currently have a passport to provide health advice and it might be exactly what your team needs. Make sure your employees know that their health, both physical and mental, is your priority and look for ways that you can support them in maintaining it. It could be as simple as sharing tips for healthy cooking or links to free video workouts. You can also highlight how they can significantly boost their immunity through food, sugar reduction exercise and sleep find sources you trust and share them broadly starting with the latest updates from your local health authorities bonus tip number 11 encourage connection and fun helping your team stay connected is more important now than ever before checking in with them once or twice a week with no business on the agenda and maybe a funny image or video on your Zoom background can go a long way towards maintaining connections. Encourage your team to take calls outdoors if they can so they can get fresh air and exercise at the same time. Help your team see the lighter side of things too by sharing a regular dose of humour and fun. Team challenges or contests can be great stress reducers. One company is running an at-home beer brewing competition, for example, with a taste test plan for whenever the team is back together. Another is hosting a talent show with the winners receiving a gift card of their choice. There are lots of things you could do to put a smile on your team's faces, and this is a great time to focus on creating some joy. So finally, to wrap up, How you communicate with your people, your clients, and your other key stakeholders during this crisis will establish your and your company's reputation for years to come. Today's world needs leaders who work side by side with their people, leaders who share tough news with compassion and empathy, who make transparency their top priority, and who are clearly working hard to help their people through this. We need leaders to finally be real people who are comfortable making mistakes and who aren't afraid of showing their humanity. And when this pandemic is over, those are the leaders and those are the companies who will have made a lasting impact and who will emerge far stronger than they ever were before. This podcast was produced by Broadreach Communications. I'm Andrea Lekashoff, thanks for listening. For show notes and additional resources, visit brpr.ca forward slash podcast.